guys. Welcome to the Beyond the Rink podcast. Uh, we'll be having some amazing guests on from all aspects of the skating world. The idea for this podcast came from some discussions on, you know, how, do, how can we create a better voice for these athletes, coaches, and, and, and a lot of people involved in the skating world that's sometimes so small, uh, but it's viewed by millions and millions of fans all over the world. We wanted to build a deeper understanding of the competitive life too. I don't think a lot of people know a lot of the little intricacies from behind the scenes. And we also wanted to create an outlet for the athletes and the coaches and the personas to kind of tell their story and to build a better relationship with you. We're gonna have everybody from coaches, current skaters, retired skaters, pro skaters, skate techs. I mean, you name it. If you have any recommendations, feel free to throw a comment in there. Uh, Send us a DM, we'd love to hear about it. So for our first episode, of course, we had to go off strong and start off with a good friend of mine and co-host of this podcast, Mr. Mitch Islam. Mitch is a Olympic ice dancer from Canada. He currently resides in Barrie and is uh, still coaching at the school he grew up in, in Mariposa. And we shared some interesting stories, uh, got his view on kind of the Olympics and a lot about you know, the mental stamina that these skaters and athletes have to go through. So really hope you enjoy this interview and we start off with a bang and I'll turn it over to Mr. Mitch Islam. So today we have a three-time Canadian bronze medalist, 2010 Canadian junior ice dance champion, 2014 Olympian, and I think all around fun guy. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast, Mitch Islam. Thank you, Mr. Kevin Wu. It sounds like, uh, sounds like you did your homework there before, uh, Picking up the phone this morning. Thank uh, you. Yeah, uh, I've done a little Wikipedia search. <laughs> I thought we were taught never to trust Wikipedia, but actually, um, I think I think you nailed it oh, there. I ho- so. Yeah, I hope it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Mr. Wu. It's uh, it's nice to hear your voice, and it's uh, nice to sip a coffee on a holiday Monday up here in Canada. Yeah, so you're in cottage country right now? Yeah, that's right. So, um, so what is that for uh, all, all the non-Canadians? Yeah, so especially those of us from uh, from southern Ontario, a uh, big sort of Canadian pastime in the summer is is to head up north, uh, head up the head up the four hundred or Highway Eleven, and and uh, up to the cottage and and get in the lake. And um, I think part of it uh, for Canadians is we we struggle with you know eight months of, of cold weather, and so uh, when when the summer hits and the water warms up and the leaves are out and the sun is shining, we we want to get up north and sort of reconnect to uh, reconnect to our roots, so to speak. So yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful weekend up here. Like I said, nice to enjoy a coffee on the dock on a holiday Monday. And um, I'm not, uh, I don't think I'm very envious of you, Mr. Wu, though, living down in uh, San Diego. You've uh, yeah, got that uh, heat all year round, baby. It's kind of nice down here for sure. I definitely want to dive into it and kind of talk about your, your I call it the humble beginnings, but uh, you started sure. getting... Uh, would you start in ice dance or just skating overall? Did you know like you, you were going to go in this direction? Yeah, so I was on skates pretty young, uh, Kevin. My I'm from a skating family. My dad's uh, an ice dance coach. My mom's an uh, um, ISU official, um, and she was also uh, a skater as well. She was a Canadian uh, ladies medalist, uh, ladies medalist, excuse me. Um, not uh, I didn't do my homework, so I, I can't tell you the year on that. <laughs> but um, so like I say, uh, skating's in the blood. Um, I think originally I, I was on skates because um, I wanted to play hockey. Um, I yeah, ended up I noticed uh, a little little Wikipedia note that you played triple uh, A hockey at some point. Yeah, that's right. So I played triple A from the time I was about seven until about fourteen, um, when I had to kind of make a decision on on what I wanted to do. 
but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, like any Canadian kid, you, you want to make the NHL, you want to be that uh, that hockey player. Um, but I quickly kind of figured out that um, the figure side of, of skating was more my passion. I like to um, perform. I think that was a big part of it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of, you know, nurtured a, a love for being on the ice in general from a young age. Um, I, I started with singles, uh, single skating as the focus. Um, but I would say about seven years old, eight years old, um, I started playing around with the dance thing a little bit. And, um, by the time I was nine, I had my first partner and, you know, by the time I was 11 or 12, I was, I was done with the singles. I, I kind of transitioned and, and decided that, uh, the ice dance thing was what I was passionate about. And again, I think a big part of that was, was just the ability to step out on the ice and, and tell a story and, and put on a performance. And um, that's something that I really connected to. So you're coached, you're coached by your dad for a number of years. Um, yeah. what, what is that? Cause I, I, it doesn't seem like it's as common in figure skating as it is in youth sports in general. Like how many dads yeah. and moms coach youth soccer or baseball? Like how right. is, how is that dynamic with going out and, having to compete and take criticism like were you guys pretty cool with each other um yeah like uh, so do you have a couple hours here i could really dive into all, <laughs> all this <laughs> yeah. it was it was interesting kevin it was um it was something that we both had to um i'll say work on i will take the responsibility for it um you know growing up as a young teenager the last thing you you want to do is is listen to your parents uh, most of the time um so i was getting that at home and i i also was going to the rink and and you know having my dad um teach me at the rink and it was uh yeah I had there was a big maturation process for me I had to kind of separate um my dad from my coach um so that was a big adjustment um he he was very good right from, right from the beginning about um you know segmenting um what happened at the rink with um what happened at home we got home we were a family we sat down for dinner everyone laughed and uh, had a good time, um, but when we were at the rink, it was business, and um, I think we we figured out how to how to walk that line, how to balance that um, pretty early on. Um, but it was a challenge. Um, it def- definitely was a challenge, and I think you know moving forward, the the move to Michigan, a big um, a big factor in that was was just what we're discussing here was yeah. was me to you know spread my wings a little bit, and um, so I think that uh, that was kind of the ultimate factor there in in. Uh, and having to move yeah but it's you're, you're coaching with them now or part of the school right so I mean, yeah it's i mean it's pretty cool to see that dynamic continue and and, and kind of come full circle as well for sure awesome. yeah yeah and i'm i'm really enjoying it i i again i i really trusted the coaching staff here in barry it was it was not a tough or sorry it was a very um difficult thing to have to do to leave um but uh, like i said just the dynamics with with a father and son um my dad kind of um I don't want to say push me away, but he was the one that really supported me, um, kind of spreading my wings. But like I said, it's come full circle. I'm back where I want to be. Um, and I'm, I'm just trying to grow the program here in, in Barrie at Mariposa and, and do everything I can to uh, get it back to, you know, quote unquote, the glory days of, uh, of the 90s and 2000s. So, yeah, so, um, so let's go into it. So 2009 yeah. is when is that when you started the process of basically finding um, Alexandra? Yeah, so it was. Uh, I, I skated with uh, a, a young lady named Joanna Lenko for several years. Um, from you know, a, a age about I think it was about eight years we skated together. Um, our two thousand seven um, hey, season was... silver medalist, man, not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, that and that <laughs> things, and I'll, I'll get there in a second. Things got going pretty quick with Alex, 
Um, at, at the end of my career with Joe, um, we had a great last season. We qualified for the Junior Grand Prix Final in 2007. Um, things were looking really good. And then, unfortunately, she ran into some health complications that um, didn't allow her to train at a high level. So um, that was very unfortunate, very tough. And uh, as was the 10 months that I trained uh, on my own through uh, 2008, looking for a partner, not really knowing um, if something was going was gonna to come up. But uh, I knew that I wasn't done yet with skating. And so I got my butt out of bed every day and got to the rink and worked. And, um, you know, you, you take care of that and, and, you know, good things will happen to you. So, yeah, it was uh, beginning of 2009 that um, Alex and her uh, first partner um, ended up uh, severing their ties. And um, we, I think we had maybe half a tryout, maybe spent about half an hour on the ice together. And it was, uh, it felt pretty right. Um, so that was that. And yeah, we got going uh, February 2009. And um, that's how things began. Yeah. And um, quite a whirlwind, like you said, just yeah. having the first season in. I mean, so 29, yeah. 2010, uh, you're champions, right? Junior. Yeah. Ice dance champs, like for first yeah, season. It was, exactly. It was. Uh, we worked our butts off that summer and, and that fall. And uh, by the time nationals rolled around January, we felt like a seasoned team, even on, you know, only having 10 months under our belts. Um, so we went into, into the national championships. Um, you know, um, we were, we were ready and we, uh, we took that national championships and we, you know, we, we won the, won the title and took that momentum into um, the junior world championships a couple of months later. Um, kind of came in under the radar. Um, we had done junior Grand Prix earlier that season, but again, with only a few months under our belts, we weren't uh, quite where we wanted to be yet. Um, but by the time March rolled around, we, we like I said, we felt like a seasoned yeah, team. Yeah, you, you killed um, it. You guys got silver yeah. at your first junior yeah. worlds. Let me. Yeah. Was, I, again, I did my homework, right? So, so let me read <laughs> off a couple of the names um, you were ahead yeah. of the yeah. Shibutani's. Um, Zach Donahue, Piper Gillies, and then uh, current world record holder, Guillaume uh, Cesarone, and Gabriela Papadakis. You guys, first season, were ahead of all yeah. those people. It's it, crazy it, to it see. It was incredible, and it, it was incredible, and I don't think you really, I, I know personally, I didn't, it, it didn't really, you, you didn't conceptualize what you had done um, quite yet. It, it took uh, sort of years for me to figure that out. Um you know, uh, Elena Ilenik and uh, Nick uh, Kaslopov, they were, they were the champions and, yeah. you know, you saw everything that they did in their career. So yeah, yeah it was definitely, a, it was definitely <laughs> a deep field. And, um, we came in guns a blazing and, uh, we laid down back then it was three performances. We had the compulsory dances, um, the OD, it still was the original dance and then the free dance. And, you know, we came out, we did, we did our jobs. We did three really strong performances and, um, I, I like to say that we didn't really give the judges a choice um, that, uh, you know, we, we got what we deserved and we made it happen. And, you know, it's one of the, one of the things Alex and I are most proud of uh, for sure in our careers. Uh, that's amazing. Um, and so the, was it next season you guys went senior? Yeah. So we, uh, the, that season, what ended up happening, we um, moving off the junior world season. Yeah. We, we, we bumped up to senior, um, did some of our first, um, we had our first Skate Canada uh, International that October. Um, another one of my kind of most memorable um, skating experiences on the ice. Um, we uh, we were in Kingston, I believe, at the K-Rock Centre. Um, and the place was rocking. Um, we were just coming off uh, 2010 Olympic year. So, you know, great crowds, um, enthusiastic fans, as, as always in Canada. And 
Um, we, we laid down one of our best pre-dance performances um, of our Casablanca program and got our first sort of full-fledged standing ovation in a, in a packed um, arena of, you know, 10,000 or whatever people. Um, something I'll never forget. Um, that definitely gave us the confidence moving in through the rest of the season um, as that new senior team. And, you know, we went to nationals in 2011. Uh, I think that was uh, Victoria, British Columbia. Um, and we, we wound up on the podium. We wound up uh, in third place. So it was, uh, like you said off the top, it was that first year was a, was a whirlwind. And um, just seems like it continued. We, uh, it just kept, going, kept the momentum going. Yeah, but to be honest with you, Kevin, the good segue as we moved sort of into the next season, the 2011-2012 season, um, we got a big slice of humble pie. Um, we, I'm gonna, we I'm gonna, I'm gonna pause you, pause you real quick before you yeah. go into humble pie, just because. Uh, w- so, what is it like competing at home when when you know you've got that audience behind you when you've got yeah, it's you walk out uh, in the arena and it's packed. I mean, that's got to be a that's just well, unbelievable feeling. Exactly. And I mean, you're a sports fan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge sports fan. They, they say home ice advantage for a reason, right? And in, in, in playoff talk. So yep. yeah, it's definitely the home ice advantage. Um, some of my, some of my greatest memories are competing at Skate Canada international events. Um, the Canadian crowd's always in favor of, of great skating. They're always going to cheer for everybody, but they always amp it up that little bit for those Canadian skaters. And, you know, just, just having that kind of peace of mind, knowing that if you, you put out your performance, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be rewarded from it in, in um, the sense of uh, crowd reaction. So, yep, yep. Um, yeah, that's really something that um, you, you don't feel anywhere else, that kind of level of uh, comfort. So, so Canadians may or may not hate you after this answer, so answer carefully, but <laughs> is there anywhere else in the world you have competed that you could compare it to maybe skating at home? Yeah, I mean, great. that's a great question. We get asked that all the time um, as, as skaters. Um there's definitely nowhere like competing in Canada, just for, for the reasons we just discussed. I think having the, the hometown crowd, there's nothing that replicates that. Um, I will say that competing in places like Japan and Russia are quite uh, incredible, um, overwhelming even. Um, I remember um, some of my first competitions over in Japan. You get into these these arenas with you know, 20,000, 25,000 people just packed to the rafters, and you're... You're, it kind of sets in that you're you're in a place where um yeah, that's more know, fans speed. than some professional yeah, well, teams it, bring in you know like ex- exactly millions I, of dollars <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's a it's a huge industry over there it's it's uh i would argue probably japan's favorite sport um russia would be hard to argue otherwise as well so you go there and, and just the crowd interest um you don't see that um anywhere else in the world so that's that, it's a cool feeling it's it's cool to you know, work your butt off um, all year long, training your programs. And it's cool to know that, um, you know, there's a large contingency of people that are out there that, um, you know, want to want to see your work and respect your work and, um, you know, respect quality um, athleticism and figure skating um, at its core. So um, that that is something almost reaffirming. Um, you kind of have fun with it, yeah. Crowds elsewhere. Yeah, like in the moment, you, I said in the moment, you, you kind of have fun with it. Yeah, or, or is there like an added bit of pressure now that there's you know 10,000 more eyes on you yeah I think I think that's human nature you got more eyes on you you're going to be more nervous um but at the same time we're 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 we train to deal with pressure and um I think it's it's a good pressure it's uh it's it's fun to have all those eyes on you and um you know from like uh I guess sort of 
selfish standpoint. It's you almost when you go to compete in a place like Japan and Russia, you almost feel famous. I guess would be the yeah. word I would use. Yeah. You almost feel like a rock star. Oh, you're celebrity. Uh, so that that's cool. That's cool. All right, so so let's hop back. Um, yeah. 20, 2012, you know, big, yeah. big move, a lot going on. Um, yeah. You can talk about it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I was saying there, we got a big slice of humble pie. Um, the 2011-2012 season, the, the injury bug uh, found us. Um, so we, we struggled through that season just, you know, competing when we were absolutely not ready to compete um, just with a lack of training um, because of the injuries. Um, so that, that was very tough, I think, to – for both Alex and I, at that point, we hadn't experienced um, feeling that um, low in, in terms of um, results. Um, so that was that was something. Again, it was a maturation process. We had to really learn how to deal with adversity and deal with you know climbing our way back out of a hole, um, which I, I think we we did quite well as you know young kids at the time. To be honest, I don't, I don't think Alex was. Um, she was just about to turn 20, I guess. So again, it, it was a, it was a big learning process. Um, first, time, that, first time leaving home then. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's kind of transitioned into, cause actually that season, Kevin, we were still in Barry. Um, we were okay. still training at Mendoza. Um, but it was after that season where, um, essentially how it went down was, uh, Alex and I sat down with, with my dad. Um, and, and my mom actually had a big, a big role to play as well. And, um, it was it was their it was their advice to have us go elsewhere and and spread our wings and at the time there wasn't uh, any senior ice dance teams training with us in Barrie so that was a big factor as well just needing to kind of see those other elite teams and and how they train um, and and learning from that um, so again it was for for Alex and I we grew up in Barrie this was really tough for us um, we trusted the coaches here but. At the end of the day, it was it was them that gave us that little kick in the butt and said, you know what, this is this is what you guys need for your career, and um, um, that support is something that I think Alex and I will will for, forever be grateful for. Yeah, just, I mean, uh, you the, letting your the pride of the household, maybe maybe yeah. not go, but uh, <laughs> no, just, that's definitely my sister. <laughs> yeah, spreading your wings is, I mean, that's a big that's a big move. Um, coming, yeah, and, is it any different coming sorry, to the states? Ahead. No, no, no. I mean, like training in Detroit versus. Um, Barry, when you came in, yeah. I mean, you're at a pretty, it's still a pretty prestigious club. And yeah, it was. <laughs> Michigan was the mecca of ice dance at the time, right? There's um, a, a lot of top teams training in Michigan, and yeah, you, you nailed it. We we came in, um, and we were training with people like Caitlin and Andrew, with people like uh, Nat and Fab, um, wonderful French team there. Um, you know, and and a, and a ton of other top quality um, senior, junior, and, and novice teams, and it was an eye opener. Um, just you know, getting on a session and having other teams flying around the ice, you're not the only ones, and um, it sort of adds that little competitive edge that that is you know essential when you're training. Um, so yeah, there was there was huge differences that way. There was also obviously differences between um, the way that Angelica and Pasquale um, taught uh, in comparison to to my dad and his team. Um, so. It, it was a huge learning process that way too, just adjusting to what, uh, what the coaching styles were. Um, but it was, you know, we, we figured out pretty quickly that, uh, it was, it was definitely where we needed to be. Um, and, uh, at the end of the day there, the, you know, it, it ended up paying off. Yeah. So let's, uh, we can fast forward to even, uh, 20, mm -hmm. 2014, right. That's the 2013, 2014. <laughs> yeah. That's the big season. Correct. Um, did you, did you guys know what was on the line? 
kind of lingering yeah. in the back <laughs> of your mind. I know everyone like talks, uh, you know, even from the from the last Olympics, trying to like put it aside and hey, I'm just focusing on, you know, mm-hmm. what's at hand. But it, it is sometimes hard to ignore that big elephant in the room, right? Oh, 100 percent. And and to be honest, you just you're talking to me about that 2013, 2014 season. You're asking me about it now, and I'm, my armpits are starting to sweat just thinking about <laughs> it. Um, I mean, it's Kevin. It's as the as a skater, as a you know a skater that reaches a higher level the Olympics is it, right? Like you, you need to get that monkey off your back. You want that Olymp, you want those rings so badly. Um, so, you know, the pressure that comes along with that, um, is immense. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. Um, that, that season just, you know, to, to lay it out, we had come off, um, 2013 nationals. Um, we were, we had a, we had a pretty good event. Um, we were late in our free dance and I, uh, we're setting up our diagonal footwork. I'm coming around on the left forward inside edge around the corner to hit a uh, Chocta out of the corner. And bang, I hit my toe pick. Base plank. And, um, you know, the rest is history there. Didn't obviously get the result we wanted. Yeah. Um, was was off the world team. That, that year, Worlds was in London, Ontario. So that was a huge goal. So again, it was it was uh, it felt like rock bottom. Um, Alex and I sat down after that nationals, and we we talked very candidly about the things we thought we needed to change um, in training, um, because we both knew that the next season that was it. We 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 had that Olympic qualifier coming up in a year, and you know we were going for it or or we weren't, and we weren't going to be wasting time. We were, we were in this to do it. And so, um, we had, like I said, a very candid conversation Mm -hmm. and yeah, the season we, the, the training season we had leading into the Olympics is I, I, I think one of the things I'm most proud of, um, to date. Yeah. Um, did you change, was there a change in your training regimen or you guys do everything that got you there? I'll, I'll I'll lay it out very simply for you, and and this was a a big part of us recognizing how, what we needed to do um, was the coaching staff um, in uh, in Michigan. Uh, Massimo Scali was a part of that team, um, and he he had his you know his finger on me right away. He figured out uh, you know the the weaknesses, my little idiosyncrasies in training that um, were holding me back, and very simply that was just um succumbing to mistakes um if i felt anything go wrong i would you know throw a temper tantrum stop <laughs> yeah loop back try it again and it was it was so ingrained in me because my personality i'm a perfectionist you know if something doesn't go right it's like ah let's start over i want to do this perfect yeah um, but that's not the way skating works right we get one shot at something so um a big a big thing the simplest way to put it was was just pushing through those mistakes um, and, and, you know, in doing that, we became much, much stronger athletes, both physically and mentally, um, uh, because you know, that at competition, you know, if something doesn't feel quite right, you've trained to push through that. Um, so that was, that was the biggest sort of mindset change for Alex and I that season. Um, and, and again, it's one of the things I'm most proud of because it was, uh, it was something we had to work very hard at. Um, but again, it, uh, at the end of the day, um, we reaped the benefits, uh, come January when we went to Ottawa for that, uh, national championships. Yeah. Do you have, uh, any fond memories of that other than, you know, when you finish, when you finish, <laughs> oh, let's say, let's say this. Cause I get, I get, I get chills, like kind of like reading about it. Cause I love this, like you're in the moment and you nail it kind of deal. Did, did you, did you then, you know, music goes off, audience stands up. Did you then know? Mm-hmm. You just felt it, it or 
Yeah, it's very interesting. And I mean, hindsight on something like this is 2020, right? You, you like to say that you felt things, but um, there's all it's human nature. There's, <clears throat> excuse me, there's always doubt, right? Yeah, I think for me, um, when we finished our rhythm dance, and the scores came out, and we were where we were, um, I think then, Kevin, I knew we could do it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, on the flip side, as, as we finished our free dance, um, I hit my ending pose and I knew um, yeah. I, I didn't need to wait for those scores to come up. I knew, um, which is, you know, I'm getting tingles just thinking about it right now. But yeah, um, me too. And I wasn't yeah, even there. <laughs> yes, exactly. I can give you I can give you a minute if you want to take uh, a second. Uh, no, that's all. I mean, oh, that's, okay, you're, you're good. What a feeling, man. That's amazing. <laughs> no, it was. It really was, uh, you know, the time of our lives. But um yeah it was that championships was a vacuum um we were we were so dialed in i I don't remember much about anything other than my bed in the hotel room and the ice surface i really don't remember much um other than that so um yeah i I guess the phrase to use would be dialed in we were we were ready we knew we were ready um i think there's always doubt it's human nature um but when we finished up that rhythm dance um and those scores came up i think both of us knew we could do it so going uh, to uh, let's just going to so- Sochi. Um, let's talk yeah. Olympics. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it's the pinnacle, the pinnacle, the top of the top. I know for a lot of athletes, getting up to that moment can be a little bit draining um, as far for as sure. training and the mental aspect goes. Uh, how is it getting like getting there? You know, probably a little bit of a journey, and then, but uh, even to see, mm-hmm. you know, when you step foot in that Olympic village, I mean, talk to you a little yeah. bit of those experiences. Again, you got to stop giving me the tingles here. I haven't <laughs> had to think about this in a, in a while. Um, no, it's uh, yeah, it's. It, you, I think you nailed it though. It, there was definitely a down, um, a come down after nationals. Um, so much of our energy and and our hopes were put into that qualifier. Um, and then you do it and, and there's definitely a, a, a come down a little bit. Um, and you know, you only have a couple weeks until you're on that plane to Sochi. Um, so that was actually, that was tough. That, that couple weeks training was, was tough. I think, you know, knowing that you qualified for the Olympics and that you were going to compete there in a couple of weeks got, got you through without, um, too much struggle. But, um, yeah, I think, and then two, just moving into Sochi, the, the tough part about Sochi and, and the Olympics, I think is, is commonly like this for, for skaters um and 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 any of the athletes you're you're there for a long time um yeah. before you compete you're there for like um, a, month, a lot of the times like yeah great, like we right? so we we were the dancers we were i think about two and a half weeks we were there before we competed for the first time so you're you're there you're 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 wrapped up in the, the whole thing the the village and the cafeteria and you know for me i'm seeing hockey players that are on the Toronto Maple Leafs and I'm meeting them and taking pictures with them. And it's, it's all very, you know, larger than life. Uh, but at the same time, you're, you're there to do your job, right? You're there to compete. And uh, so that was a hard thing to balance um, for sure. And, and just having, you know, the, the lack of time we got on the ice before um, competing, we were, you know, we're, we're on the ice for 30 minutes a day. Maybe we had a second 30 minute practice, but you're not training like you'd want to be training for two and a half weeks, uh, leading into an event. Um, so that's, that's hard. Um, that, that was something that was, I found, uh, quite difficult. Um, and then, you know, moving into, moving into the competition aspect of, of the games, um, we had a, we had a small mistake in the rhythm that, uh, I don't want to say it buried us, but it put us pretty pretty far down the the pack 
uh, after the rhythm and um, you know in nice dance it's it's always that much harder to climb out of that hole um, we ended up having a pretty good free dance um, we were pretty happy with it um, but uh, I think uh, we had a little bit of to be honest with you had a little chip on our shoulders uh, coming off of uh, Sochi we we knew we um, I want to say we were 18th uh, it might have been 17th but I think I think we were 18th um, but we, we knew we could have been way higher um, we, we knew we could have been way higher in the standings than that and if we had put out what we we're capable of that was was possible but you know that's skating it's a sport you got to put out uh, you got to put out your best performance when it matters and we didn't do that so um, again we had a chip on our shoulders and we got back to Michigan and we trained our butts off for three weeks and probably our best event um, that we ever had um, was a few weeks after that and so I think that's a testament to to how we bounced back and and again we recognized that we we weren't where we belonged at the games um, and and that we uh, we saw bigger things for ourselves and um, we went to Japan and uh, competed at our first world championships and came tenth so that's uh, that's that was much more where we where we wanted to be and um, well, talk about two kind of, two incredible yeah venues or skate you're, yeah. you're at the olympics and then you go to japan yeah. to, to skate again i mean that's, oh that's man ridiculous. what a yeah that's what awesome. a couple of months what, what a couple of months that was what about the olympics i mean you placed 18th kind of it is what it is uh coming out of it but you're there for a month i mean was there you have any mem like fond memories of the place or just any funny stories you can think of in the village i mean I yeah so much so goes on there <laughs> That you yeah, can disclose. There's, there's, <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say there's tons of stories that I'm not gonna disclose on a on a uh, family friendly podcast like this. Um, there, there was uh, you know we had a blast. Um, the the two and a half weeks leading um, into our events, obviously you're you're behaving yourselves and you're you're training, and um, so the the fun part of those couple of weeks was just adjusting to being at the Olympics, right? You're you're in the dorms, you're you're meeting athletes from other sports, which is something that you know you don't usually get to do. Mm -hmm. um, we're usually in such a vacuum. We meet skaters, and, and that's it. Um, so it was really fun to hang out in you know Canada House and and meet Bob Sledders who were standing next to our pair skaters and just you know. Do you have any I won't say celebrities. You're all celebrities. Any uh, like yeah. role models or like people in, that in your yeah. mind are like, oh my god, this guy. I'm I'm taking a picture next. For time sure and. Yeah, for sure. And that's one of the cool things about the Olympics, too. And especially Sochi in particular, when when the hockey players, the NHL players were, were a part of the event. Um, you know, growing up a Canadian kid, I'm a huge hockey fan and a huge Maple Leafs fan. So I was meeting uh, people like Phil Kessel and um, James Van Riemsdyk. Um, first night I was there, I'm, I'm walking out of the cafeteria. I see this big Russian jacket in front of me, this guy that's, you know, six foot whatever. And he looks like a fridge. And, you know, he kind of turns around and I see it's Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, so, so sick. you know, I'm, I'm fangirling really hard. I run <laughs> off and, oh, God. you know, Alex Ovi, I think I called him Ovi. And I'm, I'm later thinking, I don't know if I should have called him that. <laughs> and anyways, he was great. He, he, uh, he posed for a picture with me, gave me a smile and um, said good luck. And so, yeah, there was, uh, <laughs> there was a lot of that going on. Um, you know, you're, you're seeing these professional athletes from, from North American sports that, uh, that you kind of idolize and you see them as larger than life. And now, uh, they're kind of, you know, on, on your playing field, uh, so to speak. So that was very, very cool. Um, and then I think the, the, the extra, um, sort of amazing part was when we were done competing and, you know, you, you don't have to worry about being an athlete anymore. You can turn into a, to an Olympic fan and we're, we're going up the mountain. We're watching, um, aerials we're watching bob sledding um we're you know yeah, going out mostly events that you like you don't 
get the chance to see unless well, you're exactly. at the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. And that was that's what's so cool about both meeting these people and, and then also seeing them compete and seeing their playing fields and it's just incredible. And you, you get a you know a wider respect for for these other athletes. Um so that was awesome. And then and then you unwind with them, right? Like we're we're going out for dinner, we're we're hitting clubs and um, you know, having the times of our lives and um yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. But it was uh good friends. It new, was new friends it, made. Yeah, new friends made. It was once in once in a lifetime experience, that's for sure. So I I had the opportunity um, after Pyeongchang to actually talk with Keegan Messing, um, just in, mm-hmm. in in a quick conversation. And I think the hardest part, and you mentioned it earlier, the come down from yeah. this higher at at the Olympics can drain a lot of people and either put you out of the sport or just you lose your desire to to go back out and compete. Yeah, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're bang on and, um, you know, Keegan's bang on Uh, great guy, by the way, love, love me some Keegan messing. Um, but no, it's true. Um, I think a a big part of me after, after the Olympics, a big part of me was like, okay, is that, is this it? Right. Like we had a kind of a disappointing result. Um, I, I qualified for the Olympics. I competed at the Olympics. This, this childhood dream of mine had been, um, reached, um, or attained and, um, you know, you, 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 there's a come down and it's, you, you're three and a half weeks at the Olympic games and it's like so grandiose and, and larger than life. And then, you know, you come back to your training facility at six 30 in the morning and there's, you know, there's some of that excitement has worn off a little bit. So, um, I think personally for me, pulling myself out of that and, and, and competing the way we did at the world championships a couple of weeks later, that um, really reinvigorated me to move into another season. Um, but, uh, no, there's, there's definitely the ebbs and flows of a season that, uh, that can be challenging. Is there, is there anything, um, and whether this be, you know, the, the governing body or even yourself as an athlete or a team does to, again, you go through the highs and the lows and then how do you pick yourself up to, to keep yourself going? Is there anything that For you sure. just did? Yeah, so I think I, I think you know the mental aspect um, of of any sport, but in particular um, figure skating is is huge. It's uh, you know we're in a skating's tough. We're in a judged sport, um, and so we're all um, you know we're all trying to be perfect, and perfect isn't necessarily possible. Um, I, I like to say that there is no perfect. Um, there's only excellence. But, you know, you have to you have to learn how to have a healthy mind. Um, and for a lot of us, we need help with that. Um, so a big thing for Alex and I was, um, you know, reaching out and, and getting that professional help. Um, we, we worked with a wonderful woman in Toronto named Sandra Stark, um, who has been, uh, you know, she's been around the block um, in, in the mental training sphere. Um, so we, we had to, and and that wasn't something we did from a young age. You get into your twenties and you're not uh, that invincible kid anymore. And, um, you know, you have to learn how to, how to keep your mind right. And so, um, I think the, the, the mental training and, and reaching out to professionals who can, who can guide you through, um, what is a very difficult journey. Um, I think that's paramount and, uh, I would, you know, I would suggest to, and I do this now to, to all my young skaters, um, you know, the mental training needs to be a part of the package. So 20, 2014 season ends, you go into 2015. Um, 
well, I should know this because I did the homework, but the move. <laughs> did you? Another move. Yeah. Um, we actually, so the, the next season, the 2014, 15 season, we yep. were, in, we were in Michigan. Um, we, uh, it wasn't a bad season for us. Um, I think again, we were dealing a lot with, um, you know, the highs of the season prior the Olympics and, and being 10th in the world. Um, we, um, we were trying to deal with, uh, with the come down on that. And so, um, I think the summer was a little bit slower for us. Um, we got our, we got our act together and we had, uh, we had a good, uh, rhythm dance program that we really enjoyed, um, right up our alley with the flamenco. Um, and we, we had a free dance, um, that we ended up changing halfway through the season. Um, we actually really enjoyed the first, uh, free dance that we had, but it wasn't getting sort of the international, um, traction, let's say that, that we wanted it to, we spoke with some officials. And so November, December that season, we actually ended up completely changing our free dance. Um, we based our new one off of a show program that we had done, um, that Jeff Buttle had, uh, choreographed for Alex and I a few years prior. Um, we had some help with our former coach and Barry Kelly Johnson with the choreography, um, and we put, to, put together a great program. Um, I think it would have benefited from a few more months of training once, uh, four continents and the world championships rolled around. But, um, no, I think, uh, we kind of proved to ourselves that season that, um, we could do something like change a program mid season and, and still, um, still, look. still had it in you. Right. We're, yeah, we're exactly. Exactly. Now the, the tough thing about that season was, um, there's some, you know, some stuff going on in Michigan, um, that, uh, were kind of, was kind of out of our control. Um, there's some teams leaving, um, that kind of thing. Um, so we, we thought maybe we needed to hit the refresh button as well. Um, that, uh, season we didn't necessarily get the results we wanted to. Um, so it seemed like the right time maybe to, um, you know, make a move and, and, you know, we, we kind of felt at that time that we were in the twilight of our career as it was, um, so that you know, maybe this move to Montreal was, was just what we needed to, uh, reinvigorate us a little bit. So yeah, we, um, summer, uh, 2015, I guess it was, um, we made the move, uh, across the 401, uh, you go to, to yet, yet another Mecca. Right. Yeah. Ex cross it off exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, and it's interesting how skating works that way, right? Like there's, there's always shifts in, in sort of these, areas of critical mass. Um, Michigan was kind of the center of the universe, um, back around 2014 Olympics. And, um, that has very much shifted now to, to Montreal. And, um, yeah, we're, we're very fortunate that we got to, um, you know, train there and, and be a part of that school for, um, even if it was just a short time. It's pretty legendary when you look at what Patrice Romain and, uh, you know, Marie France have all put out, especially in the yeah. last couple of years. Absolutely. Well, when you're, when you're there and you're, you're going into it, I mean, you have so many other teams that are maybe, maybe not as many as they have now, um, but very competitive, right? So now you're for sure. fighting for attention, fighting for the space, even on the ice, right? right. And how, how is that dynamic change kind of your approach to skating or, or even your mindset about it all? Yeah, I think there's two ways you take that, right? And, and with going into a, going into a school where there's tons of talent and there's tons of teams better than you, um, there's two ways to take it. You, you fold up like a cheap tent and you complain that you're not getting the attention, um, or you turn competitive and, and you make yourself noticeable and you, um, you know, demand that, um, that, uh, you're given the time. And, and that was definitely the approach Alex and I always tried to have uh, moving into Michigan. That was something we really conquered. 
um, moving to Montreal, that's definitely something we tried to do as well. Um, I think it's tough. Montreal for us is tough um, because my heart wasn't in it anymore, Kev. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, in the move to Montreal, uh, it was really Alex as kind of the driving force saying, you go, come on, let's do this. Let's, let's give this another shot. We got another game. So we want to try to qualify for here. Let's, let's give it everything we got. And, and I wasn't, you know, so, so out of it that I, that I said, no way. Um, I, I still, I still love to skate, um, for sure. And I love to skate with Alex and I love training. And so, um, we made the move and, uh, but like I said, I think with Montreal, my heart wasn't in it. So, um, it was a it tough, being... tough moving. I mean, I, you're a Barry boy, but going to Montreal, where is more French Canadian province, like, is, yeah. is that a tough adjustment? Overall. No, I don't think so, actually. And, and like on the on the more of the lifestyle side of it, um, it was exciting. I always wanted to live in Montreal. I uh, growing up, uh, if you grow up in Ontario, you wind up in Montreal when you're about 18 years old. Yep, because, yeah, you're connecting the dots. Um, so I'd been there a few times as a young guy and obviously competed there lots. And um, great town. Love Montreal. Um, love the culture. Um, love the sort of European vibe. Um, so that was that was incredibly exciting. Um, Alex and I, we were living in a awesome area of Montreal, right between uh, Westmount and NDG. Um, so very kind of eclectic area. That's such also, a cool cool city with the old and the new. Yeah, exactly. So much going on. You're so close. Exactly. To and it was it, you mentioned the the French Canadian thing. We were in an area that was actually very English. Um, Alex speaks a little bit of French. Um, I do not. I don't think I'm smart enough. Um, but uh, so in in that regard, it wasn't really a challenge. Um, but at the same time, I think you know both Alex and I we have enough French to um, be able to go to the grocery store yeah, or order, order a meal or whatever it might be. Um, but uh, no, it was uh, I have. The opportunity we had to live in Montreal is something I'm I'm very grateful for. So you you decided to hang them up. Uh, you just kind of knew you were done, and uh, yeah, you decided I to think... take the next path in life. I know we called you really really quick. <laughs> yeah, Raj uh, Raj was on the phone with me the next day. I think. Yep. Um, no, it's uh, uh, I don't have any regrets about stopping. I was done. I was very much ready. Um, through, the, through our last uh, season, which, um, if you recall, we, we only ended up actually doing half the season. Yep. Um, we went through the Grand Prix, and then that was that. Um, during that season, Alex kind of got to the same place I was at um, in terms of her heart not being in it as, as much as um, it, it uh, was. Um, and once that happened, it's, uh, I, say it's, I always say it's really hard to fake skating. Um, it takes so much of your heart and soul in training and in performing, um, that if you're not in love with it, um, it shows and you're, you're not, uh, you're not going to be the best you can be. Um, so once that kind of happened, it was, it was like, all right, this is maybe it. And, uh, Alex and I both had the opportunity to get back to Michigan to finish school, um, <clears throat> beginning in January for the, for the winter semester. Um, so that was a big factor in us not, uh, kind of pushing through to the national championships. We wanted to just, you know, get back to Michigan get that semester done. And then, um, a big part of that again was that Alex wanted to start, uh, law school, uh, in September. So again, if, if we had, um, dragged things out and tried to do the second half of the season, we would have been uh, about a year behind with the process we kind of set ourselves on. So no, no regrets. Uh, short answer: No regrets um, on stopping when we stopped. So life after life after skating, uh, 
takes you right back to the rink. You're you're coaching now um, with your dad. I know you did a little bit of yeah. did a little bit of work with Jackson on the tech side of things. Um, yeah, you're, you're traveling again internationally. Well, not right now, but right in the yeah, but uh, coaching. Yeah, it was. Cool. So I, I, it's funny because I, you know, you 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 fall out of love with competing and and you wind up right back at the rink. But it, it's it's funny because I. I never doubted that I love to skate. I, I do love to skate. I had just fallen out of love with competing. Um, so yeah, I think when uh, when when Raj there, um, Mr. Jackson Ultima, gave me a call um, a few weeks after we had made our decision, um, and reached out. You know, you want to you want to join the team, travel, set up at events, that kind of stuff. Uh, it was a no brainer. Of course, I, I wanted to. Um, you know, kind of experience things, um, quote unquote, outside of skating. I don't know if we're necessarily outside of skating with uh, Jackson Ultima, but um, the other side, yeah, the flip was, side of things, right? Well, exactly, and and I, and I wanted to. My dad, my dad, interestingly, has always said, "Don't be a coach. Do do something else. Um, you know, spread your wings, kind of thing, and experience." And you don't other... want to follow in his footsteps. Some, you know, parents are like, you know, don't take my path all the time. Well, exactly, and I think he he. He sees all the, 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 you know, the challenges of being a, a skating coach. And um, anyways, is what it is. Um, but I, I figured out, Kev, pretty quick, um, you know, doing both the Jackson gig and the coaching gig that I was very much passionate about being on the ice. Um, I loved working for Jackson Ultimate, a fantastic team, learned a lot from you guys um, and, and made, you know, connections that I didn't have before. So, um, really incredible experience. Um, but I, like I said, I did kind of figure out really quickly that I was happiest when I was on the ice and, you know, helping people. I think that's a big part of it too. I like to help people. Um, so it was, uh, it was kind of a no brainer to be honest. So looking back at, uh, God, I mean, all the years of the hardship, the toil, the ups and downs, it, when you were little, I know a lot of kids, I don't, not a lot of kids, a lot of athletes, or even when you talk to like high profile celebrities, uh, actors, things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they envision themselves at a moment when in time, you know, when they were a kid that mm-hmm. I'm going to be up on a podium holding a trophy or I'm going to be, you know, at the Olympics. I mean, when you were a kid, did you have any dreams of doing so or was skating just i love skating so i'm just gonna skate yeah i think it it all uh it obviously developed as i aged i think as a young kid i was just you know i was too stupid to know any better i was just out on the ice having fun um but as i got older you know uh into my into my teens um with my first partner i i kind of realized that i was decent at skating that i i might have something long term going on um, so I think, uh, it's actually funny that you brought this up because my dad was looking through some old, um, goal sheets. So he'd make all every year. Oh, all you're going to have to send me pictures of those. <laughs> I can, I can do that actually. I'll, I'll have to ask my dad and my mom. They, uh, they've kept it, but, um, they pulled it out of the old archives a few weeks back and I was looking at it. And it's interesting because, um, sure enough, their long-term goals, you know, compete at the Olympics, compete at the world championships. Um, so, and I think this was about Oh four, I want to say, so I was about 14 years old. Um, 
and uh, so yeah, I think as I as I grew and and realized that I I had some potential, um, you know, you quickly switch your your mindset to all right, let's go, we're going uh, we're going all the way here, let's get to the games and uh, let's reach that ultimate goal and um, you know wave that Canadian flag in, in in the stadium and represent the people from from your small hometown and all those things, uh, you know, all those awesome things that come along with. Uh, um, you know, having some success in your sport. Um, so that, that was cool. Is there, is there anything you would tell 10 year old Mitch, or I guess at this point, 14 year old Mitch that <laughs> you, you may have not known when you wrote down those goals to go. To- um, what I, one of the things I struggled with was I was very attached to my results. So if I didn't, if I wasn't placed where I thought I should be placed or could be placed, and, and I'm not, uh, not trying to make this sound like I'm blaming the judges' side of things. I'm talking to myself. If I had a you know disappointing event, um, I was very disappointed, and I, I I had you know days and weeks of of kind of dark times. Um, so I think if there was one thing I was going to tell myself as a young kid, it's don't get attached to the results. Um, attach yourself to waking up every day, going to the rink, and trying to be the best person you can be trying to be the best athlete, the best version of yourself on that day that you can be always commit yourself to being excellent. Um, and then go to competition prepared and, and just do what you do every day. And, um, the pieces will kind of fall where they may. I think, again, I, I just got very tied up and, and attached to results. And I think that's not a healthy way, um, to approach a career. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting, um, point you made earlier too, when, when you, uh, when you were working with uh, Massimo in, in getting yeah. over the little mistakes, even the yeah. little things, the, the the roadblocks. I mean, I think it teaches you so much more about life in general. But especially as as a as a figure skater, like you said, you have uh, a couple minutes to be at your best a couple times a year, and yeah. one little thing throws that off. I mean, yeah, your mental game has to be. I don't know, through the roof, you know, and obviously that's what sets you apart from being at the top of your game. Uh, mm-hmm. But is there anything you can you teach your kids uh, yeah. as far as technique and let's perfect this. Let's let's not think about this so much and maybe just doing what's coming, going with the flow. Right. I think I, I say this all the time, but I, I truly do believe figure skating is in a handful of the toughest sports in the world. I've played a bunch of sports, played hockey at a high level, played lacrosse, soccer at a high level, lots of sports I haven't tried either. But, um, you know, the the challenges that come along with figure skating um, make it the hardest sport in the world. I always related to, you know, I had early morning practices for hockey. I had early morning practices for skating. Um, getting on the ice at 6 a.m. with your hockey gear on, you know, bending over and grunting and uh, skating your way. Uh, through the drills is is one thing but having to come to the rink at six in the morning and do all that work and look beautiful doing it <laughs> is uh is a whole nother well, there's an aspect too um, that you're you know I, I mean you're ice dancer but you're in hockey you know you're with the boys you've got a team out there yeah. and in yeah. skating you kind of have to push yourself to go do it even though you have For a team sure. around yeah. you it, it's not well, quite the same as if you're on a level playing field with the team. Right? 100%. And that's, again, part of the challenge, whether you're in a in a team situation, like a pair or an ice dance team, or if you're a single skater, um, you you don't have anyone to rely on if you make a mistake, right? In, in hockey, if you, you know, fan on a pass, you might have 
uh, your your deep pair over there to scoop up your garbage, or maybe you got your your goalie's gonna make a big save for you. Yeah, you got fifteen other guys away. on the bench that are like, exactly. hey, it's okay, you know. Right. Exactly. Here, here you got maybe five coaches yelling at you at what you did wrong. <laughs> exactly. And so you know the challenges are are endless. And I think to to answer your second question there, um, it relates back to kind of what I was discussing before. You you need to treat training with respect. You have to you have to honor your section that you're doing. You have to honor that run through that you're doing as the run through that you're doing for that day. In the same way that when you get to competition, that is the run through you get to do that day. You don't get to make a little mistake. Oh, can you remind my music? And, and we'll start over from the circle footwork. It doesn't work like that. Right. And so, um, I think the advice I give to my skaters is that you have to be, you have to be dialed in when you're training, you have to fight through mistakes so that when you get to competition, you know how to handle those mistakes. Um, and, and more importantly, I think, and, and I experienced this when you train through those mistakes in training, you, the confidence that it gives you going into an event is huge. And as we all know, in, in sports and in life, confidence is like 95% of the equation. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely something I'm trying to convey to, uh, you know, the next generation. Well, you, you made no mistakes in, uh, choosing, uh, partner for the rest of your life so congrats uh you too i don't think Thank i don't know you. have we seen each other since uh the big announcement it's been a i don't think so i was because it was uh i proposed year, uh, about, right? a, about a year ago yeah and I, yeah i don't think i did see you through uh through the fall last year and then obviously pandemic hits and uh nobody's seen anybody but uh yeah it's so <laughs> Thank you. It's all kind of uh, fallen into place. We're uh, we unfortunately we had to push the wedding back. Uh, we're going to do it next summer now, um, just with the climate right now um, with the pandemic. Um, when's the but, when's the big uh, date for you guys? Yeah, so it's going to be oh geez, now this is where I need to do my homework. Yeah, now. you're going to get in trouble, buddy. <laughs> I, yeah, let's not tell Alexandra about this uh, little podcast. No, uh, June June twenty sixth um, next summer um, in uh, in Niagara on the Lake. Um, all of our vendors and everything were great about rescheduling. So, um, we're, we're very excited and, uh, we're, we've moved into our, our new home together. And, um, Alex is, uh, in two days, she writes the second part of the bar exam and, um, hopefully that goes well. And then, uh, starting September, she'll be working. So life is, uh, life is kind of falling into place. Yeah. That's amazing, <laughs> man. Um, con congrats to you too. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I'll just yeah, I'll end it off on you know it's, it was it was such a pleasure and it still is working with you. Um, yeah, you're such a character in in a in a sport that sometimes you know you are bound to certain boundaries and guidelines. It, yep. It's nice to have personalities in the sport, and I know there's a lot out there, um, but obviously not coming from uh, quite a skating background myself, it's uh, always cool yeah. to work with some awesome athletes. Um, you just recently caught on Instagram, I think after, uh, coming out of, <laughs> of uh, hiding under a rock. Uh, I did 2020. I finally got Instagram and look what happened. Right. Anywhere else we can uh, find you other than Instagram. Yeah. You can find me, uh, uh, Instagram at Mitch Islam. Um, I think my handle is actually the same on Twitter, uh, at Mitch Islam. I use uh, Twitter a fair amount, uh, mostly for news and sports, but, uh, but, uh, Twitter and Instagram are, are the ways to go. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, just to go back to what you were saying there, Kevin, and we were talking about this before uh, we uh, went on the air. 
um, I think this is a great idea, this podcast. I think, um, like you said, we're in a sport where um, people tend to be very careful with what they say just because we're in a judged, uh, we're in a judged sport. Um, so, you know, doing something like a podcast is really going to allow fans and, and other skaters to hear from, hear from us and, and hear who we are as people. And um, I think that's something that uh, doesn't necessarily happen often enough. So power to you. And uh, yeah, thank you for your kind words. And, and again, it was, uh, I've learned a ton from you guys at Jackson Ultima. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity you gave me, um, you know, the 27 year old coming coming out of his career and finding himself wildly unemployed. So, um, no, I, I'm very grateful for that. And you guys have an awesome team, awesome products. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm always on, uh, Jackson, Jackson Ultimate side. So anything I can do for you guys, but, uh, no, keep going with this podcast. Kev. I think it's a great idea and, um, let's hear from more interesting people than myself. <laughs> Thanks buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into this show. Uh, super excited to announce some of the other interviews we have lined up, but uh, it's going to be an amazing ride. So please share, like, comment, give us a five-star rating and all that fun stuff so we can keep doing what we're doing. Look forward to speaking with you soon. So cheers, everybody.